All right, so we ready for the Word, church? Come on. So why don't you join me as we welcome our online family. It's great to have you with us today. If you're watching online or podcast, wherever you are, send us a line at some stage. Let us know what's happening in your life. We pray this message is helpful to you. And if you're ever in our area, please come check us out. We'd love to meet you. Church, let's put our hands together. Give it up. Give it up for our online family. How many enjoyed the last two weeks? Like Pastor Adam did this amazing series on Lucifer, on Lucifer. And so this morning, I thought, what shall I speak on? And so what I thought was, I'd flip the coin. I thought I'd I'd take the whole different angle. And and so this morning, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about a love story. Woo, get a little bit of romance in the, in the house this morning. It's my wife's birthday. Anyway, carry on. So I want to talk to you about a love story. And probably what I, what I would consider to be the, the greatest love story of all time. And of course, it's the love story of a God who loves His creation. You see, what I want to talk to you about this morning is the good news. The, the good news of the gospel. See, the good news of the gospel is God's not mad with you. God's not upset with you. God's not, I won't say that. God is not upset with you. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. God has a destiny for you in His kingdom. I, I, I just want to, as I was in worship, I was just, just feeling for, for our younger people, for this generation that's coming through, I just felt the Lord say that you'll be a generation that ascends the hill of the Lord. I want to tell you that there's an anointing on you as a generation. There's an anointing on you as an individual. God's got great things for you. You're destined for great things in the kingdom. But you see, to be destined in the kingdom, you've got to know your identity. You've got to know who you are in the kingdom. And the gospel tells us who we are. That's what I want to talk about this morning. See, if you ask a Christian or, or someone that's been coming to church for if you said, look, what is the gospel? In a nutshell, what is the gospel? They'd probably say something like this, that we're separated from God by sin. But, everybody say but. But Jesus, oh, thank you, Jesus. But Jesus came and through His death and resurrection, He saved me. He saved you and He set us free to one day. Be with Him in a heaven. Amen? I mean, that's something to get excited about. The Bible, John 3, 16, is probably one of the most famous passages. It says, For God so loved the world. He didn't just love, He so loved the world. He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, He made Him who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. See, the gospel, I was thinking, man, if you you had to sum it up in one word, in one word, if you were only allowed one word for the gospel, what's the word that you would use? And I mean, we could use another, we could say salvation. You know, the gospel is a gospel of salvation. It's about Jesus who saves us and we, we get to go to heaven. A popular view, I guess, is is you could use the word rescue. 
It's all about a rescue. It's all about Jesus comes and rescues us from sin, rescues us from ourselves and promises an eternity with God, with Him in heaven. But you see, as, as I was thinking about it, I was like, man, what, what word would I use? Like personally, from what I, what I experienced the gospel, what word would I use? And I think for me, I'd use the word love. Yeah. I'd use the word love. God Himself is love. 1 John 4, 6. God, God's perfect love. God isn't just loving. He's love Himself. Everything about God is love. Everything about the gospel is love. You see, the thing about God's love the love of the gospel is it pursues you. It, it, it comes after you. It, it follows you. It's, it's chasing you down. I see when I look back on my life before I was a Christian and, and I got into all sorts, of, all sorts of things and all sorts of places. But when I look back, I can see the hand of God at work in my life even before I knew Him. Even before I knew Him, His love, the love of the gospel was pursuing me. You see, God's love, the love of the, the gospel, it's a love that endures. It's not a love that gives up on you. It's a love that keeps, keeps chasing you. It's got a plan for you. It's got a purpose for you. See, it's a love that endures rejection. I don't know about you, but I know I had ample opportunity to come to the Lord. I, I had numerous people telling me about Jesus and I was like, mate, I don't want nothing to do with your God. I, I don't have any need for your God. But you see, despite my rejection of God, despite my rejection of His love, it continued to pursue me and eventually it caught me. Oh, friends, when it caught me, oh, when it caught me, did things change? Because you see, when God's love captures you, when it catches up with you, it's a love that will consume you. It's a love that will literally consume you. See, the whole idea is we give in to God. We surrender our life to God, to His love, to His perfect love. And it comes and it begins to consume us. It consumes you for a good reason. You see, His love wants to consume all of you, all of you, so that you can discover the truth of who you actually are. You see, because the world will tell you you're no good. The world will tell you you won't amount to anything. The world will tell you, oh, well, you mucked up. You're never going to succeed. But the love of God says, no, you're my son. You're my daughter. And I've got great plans for you. I've got a purpose for your life. The world will try to tell you stuff. Your circumstances will try and tell you stuff. But the love of God, if you would surrender to it, if you would allow it to consume you, it'll set you free. It'll launch you into your destiny, into who God calls you to be. But you see, the thing with the gospel, the thing that I've noticed is sometimes we can almost misinterpret it. Or we almost misunderstand it or, or, or perhaps don't fully grasp it. You see, the thing with the gospel is, is we, we often have this idea that Jesus rescues us and then we get to be with Him in heaven, which is awesome. You know, the fact that Jesus rescues us is amazing. You know, none of us would be living like this if it wasn't for Jesus' rescue. But you see, the tension with that view, when we, when we view the gospel as a rescue, 
When, when we kind of look at it like, oh yeah, Jesus saved me and, and we're conscious of the rescue and the saving and it's as awesome as it is, the tension with that is that you see long before it was a rescue mission, long before it was ever about a rescue, it was a love story. It was a love story. It always was and it always will be. It's a love story. It's a, it's a story of this God that created the creation and breathed life into human beings. And His heart and His desire is to fellowship with them. His heart and His desire is to be involved in their life during their day, in their workplace, in their supermarket. He, he's all about communion. He's all about interaction. See, I, I think... The core of the gospel, the heart of the gospel. And in fact, I'd even go as far as to say the power of the gospel isn't so much in that we've been rescued, but it's like, what have we been rescued for? We've been rescued to be reunited back to God. We've been rescued to have a relationship with God, to come into fellowship with God here and now. Heaven's going to be awesome, I know, but God's doing something here and now. And you see, when we're so much about the rescue, we're thinking about heaven rather than thinking heaven on earth here with what God's doing in this season. Amen. Amen. And you young people, I'm telling you, God will use you powerfully. He'll use you powerfully. You're going to see things that haven't been seen. But there's a secret to that. There is a secret to that. Ephesians 1.4 says that God saw you before even anything came into existence. You were in the mind of God. I mean, think about that. He knew about you even before you existed. And even more than that, He purposed you to be a recipient of His love. Even before you existed, God had a plan and a purpose for your life. He had a destiny for you in the kingdom. And we know sin came into the world. We know in the Garden of Eden, the serpent comes in and sin comes in and it separates us from God. But friend, I want to tell you this morning, regardless of the fact that that sin came into the world, it didn't negate the plan God has for your life. It didn't, it didn't undo what God's plan A for your life was. See, sin won't, won't undo what God's plan is for you or His creation. You're destined for great things in the kingdom. Why? Because he's an amazing God. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. I mean, imagine you're walking with him. You're fellowshipping him. What, what's not possible with him? Amen. Of course, the million dollar question is, so what's plan A? What, what's God's plan? I mean, have you ever asked that? Like, why am I here? Like, like, what's the meaning of life? Real simple question. God, what are you doing? I mean, you look at the news and all the rest of it, and you're like, God, what are you doing? Where, where's all this going? I mean, what is God's plan for you? What is God's plan for me? What is God's plan for His creation? Well, if we look in the book of Genesis, if we go back to the book of Genesis and the garden before sin even entered into the world, we, we see Adam and Eve and they're, they're walking in the garden. And who are they walking with? They're walking with God. God's in the garden with them. He's, he's communing with them. He's talking to them. And he says to them, he says, I've given you a dominion. I've given you authority. I've given you a dominion over the plants and the animals. You've got authority. What is God doing? He's delegating his authority to Adam and Eve. 
And he's saying, now what I want you to do is I want you to populate the earth. God, His little garden of Eden that started the kingdom of God, His presence, His rule, His reign. He says, the whole idea is as you increase, so does the garden, so does the kingdom. The kingdom begins to come over the face of the earth. God could have started it that way. God could have made the whole planet the Garden of Eden, but He chose not to because it's not the way God works. See, God works by delegating authority to His sons and daughters. That's us. In case you hadn't worked it out, we've descended from Adam and Eve. We are sons and daughters of the living God who've been given authority, delegated authority from God to expand His kingdom to expand His rule and reign, to take authority over the things of the world, the things of darkness and speak life. I get excited about that. I get excited about that. And that's the important thing. We've we've got to understand that God was speaking with Adam and Eve about how to go about that. God says to Adam, okay, Adam, come over here, buddy. See these things I'm creating? The animals. Guess what, mate? You get to name them. You start naming them. That's how God works. He wants to have, yeah, Adam got some names wrong, but um, he, he wants to work like that. He wants to be involved in your life day in, day out, because there's things in heaven he wants to tell you about. There are things going on the earth that he wants to see his kingdom overcome and he wants to use you and me for that purpose. That's why you were created. You're created as a son and daughter of the most high God because he's got a purpose for you in his kingdom. There's a destiny for you. It's good. It's good. In fact, it says in Romans 8, 19, the whole of creation... All of creation is groaning. It's waiting in eager anticipation for its sons and daughters, for the sons and daughters of God to come into the fullness of who they are. All of creation is waiting for you to get hold of God, come into the reality. Man, I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I walk in authority with God. I'm here to fulfill God's plan for the earth. All of creation's waiting for it. And even more than that, God's waiting for it. He's waiting for us to get hold. So often we're sitting there, oh, God, move, God, move. He's already moved. He's already delegated authority. He's already said you're a son, you're a daughter. Even before the foundations of the world, He already called you. Everything you need is in you. We just need to begin stepping it out and walking it out. Amen? Amen? But the key, the key to it, the secret, if you like. The secret to it is what Adam and Eve were doing in the, in the garden with God. They were, they were fellowshipping. They were spending time together. They were listening to God. See, if you want to step into your destiny, if you want to step into your calling, if you want to see the kingdom of God operating through you, the key to that is spending time with God, one-on-one time with God. And I believe how much you see will be proportional to how much time you spend with God. See, it's the way God designed it. You might not like it that way. You might say, oh, I haven't got time for God. Well, sorry, He ain't changing His plan for you. His plan is spend time with me. I'll delegate authority with you, through you. I'll tell you things to do. And when you do them, watch what happens. Kingdom will come. Heaven will come. And He will confirm what you're doing and what you're saying with power. With signs of wonder, that's what's happening in the church at the moment. He's saying, step out, declare it, and I'll come. I'll come and I'll confirm with power. 
People are looking for a real dog, real God, not a dog. They're looking for a real, they may be looking for a dog. I don't know. Has anyone lost a dog here this morning? Be found in Jesus' name. Now, but people are looking for a real God. They're looking for a God that they can know and walk and, and, and see Him. Amen. Amen. Oh, how, how often is it that when it comes time to spend time with God, what we tend to do is we, is we come with a prayer list. You know, come on, let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. Over the course of the day, how much time do we spend with God versus how much time we're doing everything else? For, for, for Just being honest, you know, we're all busy. Uh, is, that, is that often the only time we come to God is when we have a problem or we have an issue? And then we're like, oh, come on, God. You know, then now we're claiming our identity. Now we're claiming who we are. You know, God, you're gonna speak to me. You're gonna, you're gonna give me the answer. You're gonna download the answer. You know, is it the red car or is it the blue car? God, just tell me which one. Come on, you've been there. How many, you, you know that place. It's like, God, if you just tell me what to do, I'll do it. We're waiting for the download. God, just Download me the answer. We treat God, honestly, like, like an eternal Google search engine. You know, we just come with our problems and we send them up and we expect Him to download the answer to us. Friends, I, I'm here to tell you this morning, God's not into download, He's into dialogue. God's not interested in downloading solutions for you. He's interested in dialogue with you. You see, when you discover that the gospel is less about a rescue mission and more about a love story, what happens is your life on earth changes. See, because when you've got problems and all that and you're thinking it's all about a rescue, what you tend to do is you pray to God, oh God, get me out of this situation. Save me from this situation. Or you're even asking, man, well, God, why is this happening to me? Friends, it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. How many know stuff just happens? God's not doing it. It just happens. But when you understand that the gospel, the heart of it, the power of it, is that it's a love story. It's about our relationship with God. It's about walking with Him. It's about spending time with Him. It's about talking to Him. When you get a hold of that and you understand that's what I'm called for. I'm called to hear from Him. I'm called to step out. When you have all the problems, when you have all the situations, everything changes because you realize that that problem, that situation isn't something to be rescued from. It's actually something to walk through with God talking to Him. Because as you walk through it, as you talk to Him going through it, what happens? His love for you consumes the lies and He begins to tell you who you are in Him. And you discover that issue you're going through. He's telling you, no, no, you're a son. You're a daughter. No, 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 you're greater than this. You can overcome this. And what happens is when you walk through that stuff, understanding your relationship with God, what you find is that actually you do have authority. You do have dominion. You find, oh, actually, no, God won't leave me or forsake me. He loves me. Yeah. I, was, I said in the other service, when I was, um, when I was 
oh, I don't know, I was a few years into being a Christian. I, I was at church here and, and stuff, and, and I was hungry for God. You know, I mean, ah, oh, God, I want to know you. You know, I was like hungry, hungry for God. And I'm always hungry. Uh, I'm always, I am. We should be hungry for more of God. Come on. Anyway, so, so what happened is I'm, I'm searching. And, and I was, honestly, I was struggling to find where do I fit. How, you know, I'd copy Adam. I couldn't do all his voices. So I was like, oh, okay, I can't do that. And, you know, I'd try something else. And I was on this search of trying to find, you know, who's Neil? Where does he fit? Where, how does it all work? And so what I used to do. As I used to go after conference, after conference, after conference, I'd try and find, you know, the anointed man of God and, you know, I'd jump in the row and try and get prayed for and all this sort of thing because I, I was hungry. I'm, I'm trying to find who I am. Anyway, one day I, I heard about there was a bit of a revival going on in Wales. And so I'm thinking, yeah, this will be it. I'll go to Wales. God will move in power, you know. I'm like chasing after him. And so I said to Pastor Adam, I was like, Adam, I was like, okay, I'm really feeling, you know, God speaking. I'm, I says, I'm really feeling to go to this, go to this revival, you know, because I'm like, I'm going to catch it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Adam, I love Adam. I love serving under him. He's such a wise man. He, yeah, you can pay me later. Uh, anyway, he says to me, he sits me down, you know, I'm all excited. And Adam sits me down, as he does. <laughs> he keeps me grounded. He sits me down, he says, Neil. Like that, Neil. Is the God in Wales any different to the God here? I was like, oh, wow. Such depth. <laughs> but, but it spoke to me. I, I, I did. I felt the Lord saying to me, why are you chasing me all over the world? I'm right here. You see, the secret to you stepping into your destiny, maybe the worship team could come, the secret to stepping into your destiny, fulfilling the plans and the purposes that God has for your life is to spend time with God here. He's the same God here that's on the other side of the world. It's the same God here that's doing any revival anywhere. You don't have to chase after it. I, I, I tell you, I think that's a lie of the enemy. You know, God's here right now. You'll see Him today. He'll turn up. He'll heal people. It's the same God. We don't need to chase after Him. And look, I know we're all busy. We're, we're, we've all flat out. You know, some of you I know, I'm even talking to some of you, you've got big projects on the go at the moment. And I look at Jesus' life and I kind of go, man, when you look at Jesus' life, he had a pretty big project on the go. You know, his project was to save the world. I'm thinking, I, I, I don't know how big your project is, but I don't think it ranks anywhere near saving the world, although we're called to do that as well. But Jesus, when you look at his life, when you look at his ministry, he always found time to be with the Father. You would read in Scripture that, that the crowds would gather and Jesus would sneak away He'd find somewhere quiet to spend time with the Father. Jesus didn't make any decisions before He appointed the disciples. He spent time with the Father. Jesus, He'd even get up early in the morning before everybody else to spend time with the Father. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind's renewed by spending time in the Word, time with God, time in prayer. 
See, we're all busy. We're all so busy. But my question or our question should be, yeah, but I'm busy with what? Am I busy conforming to the patterns of the world? Or am I busy conforming to the patterns of the kingdom? Friend, I want to tell you, one's temporal and it'll cease to exist and one's eternal. And it's aligned with a God that loves you and wants to spend time with you. It's in um, the, book of, the book of Luke, you know the story. Jesus comes in and He's sitting in this room and He's in there with Mary and Martha. Jesus, Jesus is sitting there and He's sitting on a chair and He's talking. And the Bible tells us that Mary is at His feet. She's literally at His feet, hanging off every single word that Jesus is saying. Martha, well, mate, she's, she's in the kitchen. She's in the kitchen. She's getting lunch ready. Dinner, I don't know what time it is. She's in there getting ready and she's looking and she's busy and she's trying to get stuff out of the fridge and all that. They didn't have fridge, but anyway. And she's looking over there and Mary, she's just sitting there. Oh, Jesus. You know, she's just spending time with God. Mary starts banging some stuff. She whacks some pots around, you know, trying to, trying to get, get their attention. But no, no. Jesus is speaking and Mary's just listening. So she gets to the point where she's like, man, I've had enough of this. So she waltzes on into the room and she goes, Jesus, you, I don't know if that's what she did, but in the Bible says she confronted him. So, so she's like, Jesus, you need to tell her she needs to get in the kitchen and help me get lunch. This is the Neil International Version. And what is Jesus? NIV. It's something you can look it up. Uh, um, so what happens? What happens? She gets really upset. And Jesus looks at her and he says, Martha, take a chill pill. Calm down. You're busy with all the wrong things. Mary has chosen the better thing. The New Living Translation actually says this. He, he says to, to Martha, there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it won't be taken away from her. You see, for Jesus, sitting and listening to the Father was a pretty important deal. In fact, it's what He went to the cross for. He went to the cross so that you and I can sit at the feet of the Father and listen to Him and listen to what He's telling us about our life and our destiny and the plans He has for the planet. See, the good news is God's not upset with you. God's not disappointed in you. God's wanting to have a relationship with you. He's wanting to fellowship with you and spend time with you. And the degree to which you surrender to His love and spend time with Him, I believe is the proportional to the amount of kingdom you'll begin to see, to the amount of your destiny you step into. Can we bow our heads for just one moment, please? Just while I've been speaking, the Holy Spirit's been working. He's, he's in this room right now. There are people here, you don't know God. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. We've talked about sin. We've talked about how it separates us from God. We've talked about how Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross makes a way for us to be reunited back to God. The Bible talks about repenting, turning away from what we know to be wrong and turning towards God. In a moment, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray a prayer. I'm gonna ask the hands up for those that wanna be included in it. The prayer is simply asking God to come into our lives. 
I did it years ago. I, I, I didn't understand it. I didn't fully grasp it. I just said, look, God, I, I don't know. But even, even if you're real, I don't know if you are, but if you're real, I, I, I come into my life. And He did. And it changed my life. You don't, you don't have to know everything, but you know in your heart this morning, just with every head bowed and every eye closed, God's speaking to you. You need to get right with Him. Can you just pop up your hand right where you are? just nice and high so I can see it. You're saying, God, I need to get right with you today. You're saying, Pastor Neil, yeah, pray for me. Thank you. I saw that hand down the back there. Anybody else? You know you need to get right. Thank you. Over to my left there. Thank you very much. Just a minute longer. Yep. Thank you. That hand as well. We see that hand. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to pray a prayer. You're going to pray it after me. And those of you that put up your hands, basically as we're praying this, you can pop those hands down now. Thank you very much. What you're doing by praying this, you're asking Jesus to come into your life. The Holy Spirit will come and save you and set you free. So let's pray this all together. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me, that you gave up your life for me. Today, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to set me free. Today, I turn away from everything that I know to be wrong. And I turn to you. And I ask you to change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you prayed that today for the first time, welcome to the family. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Church, can we put our hands together for those that gave their hearts to Jesus? As you leave the auditorium, there'll be some pastors down the back. They've got a Bible and a a pack just to help you um, on your journey. The most important thing is keep coming to church every, every week.